Yo, what up, what up? Top of the top, episode 120, Stash House Podcast. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. This week's topics include new music from Young Thugs, YSL label. Also, Conway from Griselda dropped off a new project. And I'm going to give flowers to the entire Memphis music scene throughout the years, man, from the early, mid-90s till now. I got to show love to Memphis, so make sure you guys tune in for that. And over the weekend, the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary, my personal favorite wrestler of all time. So I to get my thoughts about that. All that, man, plus much, much more within the midst. I'm really proud how this episode turned out. So make sure you guys sit back, relax, enjoy episode 120 Stash House Podcast. Let's get it. Yo, what up, what up? Episode 120, Stash House Podcast. Your boy Tyler checking in. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Your first time listening. Appreciate you. If you tune in weekly, salute. And then just an episode, saw some topics you may want to hear about. Appreciate you also. Like, share, subscribe, retweet. Whatever you do to help support the podcast, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Hope everybody had a great week last week. Hope everybody week so far this week going all right. Um, over the weekend, man, I got my first vaccine shot, so that was pretty cool, man. I went down to the uh, Civic Center in Columbus, and that shit was crazy, man. You had to go through, like, the whole little trail just to get to the vaccine tent. That was wild. They had, like, a full softball tournament, everything going on, like, in the back of the back of the Civic Center where you got to enter through by the uh, Naval Museum, like, right there on Victory Drive, so... It was dope riding through that, you know what I'm saying? That's normally a little tailgate spot for Tuskegee Moore House in Fort Valley. So it was cool to actually be a car. Like, if you know, you know how the tailgate is. Fort Valley all been back in the day and whatnot. Like, that area where you got to drive through for the vaccine, that's where everybody used to tailgate at. So basically, you like, you used to seeing tents and all that. And if it is a car coming through the, that bitch, like, sitting high and shit, can paint type shit, like... If you're a car, if you ever drove your car through that shit through tailgate, you know what I'm saying? I gotta salute you. I don't see how y'all used to do that shit, man. But yeah, that was cool. Vaccine shot, whatever. I got my first one. Get my next one in 21 days. Uh, I've been holding off on it, man. But I just went on the side to get it, man. They they backed me into a corner. They was like, yeah, probably. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have your car to do certain shit. So I was like, man, let me go ahead and get it out the way. Uh, the second one is what I'm really worried about. Like, like I still feel it in my, the one I just got on Saturday, like it's still there, but it's like, I'm cool for the most part, but it's, it's the second one I've been seeing people be like, yo, that one, the after effect kind of different on that second one. So that's the one I'm like, okay, let me, you know what I'm saying? Look forward, but that's like three weeks away. But yeah, man, if you get it cool, if you don't, I totally agree why you, you know what I'm saying? Holding off or whatnot. I totally get it. But, uh, Again, man, we're starting this week off, man, sending positive vibes to another artist who passed away over the weekend, uh, Black Rob. A lot of y'all probably know Black Rob, but he like early, early, late 2000s, Bad Boy Records. Uh, I don't know what his situation was, but the conversation came about, about Diddy, you know what I'm saying? Like another Bad Boy artist from back in the day, Diddy done lost. And really, man, Diddy been going through a lot. Oh, my bad. Diddy been going through a lot, too, man. I know we've been talking about, you know what I'm saying, like DMX pass. DM, uh, not DMX, but Diddy done lost a lot of people, man, on the way. You know what I'm saying? That shit is crazy. Just looking at the bad boy roster, man. Biggie, Shine, G-Dip, Craig Mack, Loom, now Black Rob. It's like, damn, like, 
all the rap artists in Bad Boy. It's like the only people I know that successful Bad Boy artists right now, bro. If you want to count Diddy Cool, the next one we just know about is French Montana, and the other one MGK. Like that's who I think of. Like it's like, damn, that's the Bad Boy artist still going. They they doing their thing. I salute them, but it's just crazy, man. But that was the conversation, man. They were talking about hip hop union. Get people from each section, like QC, them in Atlanta, Snoop, all them out west, J Prince, Texas, 368 Ball, them in Tennessee, uh, Luke, Trick Daddy in Florida. Like, get all the, I guess, people who've been around for years and years from different areas. Of course, you know, everybody in New York got. And, like, they all come together, but, like, it's the same thing I've been saying, bro. Everybody can't be everywhere at all times, man. I know we losing like a lot of rap artists, you know what I'm saying, legends. Like for, like I said, within the past five, six years, like constantly, bro. I get it, man. But it just, I hope they, if something can happen like that, you know what I'm saying, get everybody involved, that would be dope to see, man. But at the same time, it's like, you know, everybody adults too at the same time, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, positive eyes out to Black Rob, his family, fans, uh, if you know him, I even say the song, uh, like, whoa, uh, 24 hours to live feature. Like I wasn't up on him like that. I just know the, you know what I'm saying? The commercial ones, but all prayers out to black Rob, man. Prayers out to Diddy too, man. They gotta be crazy losing another bad boy artist, man. But throughout all that, man, we did have some positives in music over the weekend. Me personally, I feel like it was a great weekend for some new music. Um, it basically, if you if you know, you know situation. Like, none of the heavyweights. I mean, Thug, I see where people say Thug a heavyweight, but at the same time, it's like, I I still see Thug as, you know what I'm saying, Gucci protege. Like, I understand Thug, like, impact. I totally agree, but like I said before, constantly on the podcast, I just can't see Thug like that because I'm so used to, I seen Thug come up, Thug future. Like, everybody say toxic future, like, no, nah, man, that's ain't no way around it. That's, you know, that street's calling. You know, that's how I look at them niggas still. I look at Thug like, okay, this 10, 17, Thug, this rich game. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I totally see that influence, though. I totally see how it can impact the youth. But, again, I'm 27, so, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, you know what I'm saying, all in tune to the new wave. Like, I see their influences on Gunner, baby. I see their influences, but... I came up bumping Gucci, man. That's the only thing. <laughs> like, I came up bumping Gucci heavy, bro. That's all I can say. But uh, first, well, they going to get the YSL. Shout out to Thug, man. YSL, that, that uh, slime language too, I fuck with it, man. I definitely fuck with it. I had it in rotation over the weekend. I was nervous about going into it. I, you know, so I, I know Thug from YSL, Gunner. That's really who all I need. But I see Lil Key doing his thing. Lil Duke been around since really Pee Wee Longway done for real. And Pablo Juan, so I know about him. I know the couple producers, Wheezy, Turbo, uh, I think Taurus, another one. I, I think I said Wheezy out of here. So I'm like, okay, I know the I know the core. You know what I'm saying? But it's like 30 day old people on the album cover. <laughs> and I was like, fam, I don't I cannot listen to all these people, bro. And then the album came out. It's 23 songs. So I'm like, fam, about 23 motherfuckers on the front cover. So each of them got a song. That's all the features. They got Drake on there. Uh, hold on, let me get it real quick. I got uh, Drake on there, Ryder Rebel on there, Lil Baby on there, Future on there. Uh, 
that new chick Benzino daughter, Koi LaRae. Her song, I, I ain't gonna lie. Like the 23 song album, the first 16 to 17, I rock with. Like it's, it's, a, it's a cool project. You know what I'm saying? Shot my boy Vonte. He told me, he like, the first 16, definitely. And then I saw the whole thing going around. It's like after song 17 or something, it's like all the new artists. And that's the only gripe I got with this project. It's like 23 people on the album cover. And you really don't know who, if, as long as you know the core of YSL, that's really, I feel like, you all you hear within the first 16 to 17. Like, the other one splattered in there, but it's like they on the song with Baby or Coil Ray or like they on the song with somebody else I know already. And it's like, okay, whoever it is, they sounded good, though. Like, I don't know them by name. They sounded good on the first 16, 17, the new YSL artists. But... I cannot give you what they names it. Like, it was different from 1017. Like, I knew of Fujiano, and I grown to know Pusheis, but these cats, like, I I can't tell you a name out of the other YSL. You know what I'm saying? But they, they sounded all right within the first 16 to 17. I didn't make it after 17 because I felt like I heard enough. And then the thing was, everybody saying the YSL artists are at the end of the project. So... If I went in a roller coaster there, basically, first 16 to 17 of the slime language, too, I'll vouch for. You know what I'm saying? Um, thug building something. Thug building something. I give him that, man. Thug building something with the YSL crew. and uh, That project, I, I rock with it. Like, it was in rotation the weekend, so salute the thug on that. Um, Conway from Griselda. Y'all know I talk about Griselda. I said when Benny dropped his plugs, I met too. That I felt like this when Griselda about to start their year, basically. And voila, here we are. So, <laughs> kind of nailed that one on point. But uh, 11 Records, La, Ma- uh, La Maquina is what Conway named his album. Uh, 11 Records features 2 Chains. That's one of my favorite records on there, bro. The J.I.D. Listen, man. I talk about Griselda a lot, but I'm going to backtrack just real quick. They make grimy rap. You know what I'm saying? They're from Buffalo. They make grimy rap. Period. So Conway got J.I.D. That makes sense. They made a song together already. Conway, Griselda, J.I.D. from Dreamville. They thought Dreamville, Griselda had tension. Basically, they said it ain't no tension, but now they did it. You know, they doing the song together now. So now... Another record they got on Conway album is Conway J.I.D. and Ludacris. Ludacris, fresh off another Fast and Furious <laughs> announcement. <laughs> like, bruh, another Fast and Furious, bruh. So, off rip, that's great marketing on the low for Ludacris. And I'm thinking, okay, Conway, grimy rap. And Conway, he kind of... He experiments more than Benny and Westside, I believe, in different sounds. Because there's a couple on this one, the KD record. And um, really, this record here is like a more up-tempo beat. The K- the KD record is like, I felt like he should have got somebody else to do the hook for that one. But this record with J.I.D. and Ludacris, I didn't know exactly how it was going to sound. Because like I said, it's grimy rap. It's with J.I.D. who knew style. Like, he's one of the next... Next up, like that next core after the Kendrick Drakes and Coles, he's in that next batch. And the OG Ludacris. 
Bruh, I was just watching Young Buck on 85 South, and they was talking about that stunt remix with Ludacris and T.I., man. I remember, bruh, I said this story before. I remember, man, I was in sixth grade, man. Russell County Middle School, sixth grade. On the bus, getting dropped off at the middle school. I just remember Southside with a boom box. Not, not like the boom, but the little radio with the CD thing in it. Bro, I remember he was just blasting that stunt remix. And then back when, like, all that shit was going, like, you had the commercial shit pop, you had the street shit pop. Like, that was a great time in music, man. And he just kept on playing Ludacris. He played T.I. part, and everybody, like, me getting beat down, that's Ludacris. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that shit is out. I was just like, what the fuck is this? I know that T.I., but I was like, what is this? And then uh, Young Buck come on the uh, the hook. I said, that young buck, they're like, yeah, him and T.I. Ludacris beefing on the record together. Ludacris just heard T.I. part. Like, it made it feel like it was live or some shit. They're like, now, Ludacris about to come on. That nigga Ludacris came and said, motherfucker, I'm a monster in this game. <laughs> Similar to the lotness. <laughs> some rounds some, some of nappy rooted. Some verses got a process. The truth in this booth ain't no death on the rapping. <laughs> Ludacris came with that bitch and basically killed T.I. So shout out to Ludacris, man. I always think about that verse. And then, of course, Luda got all his other records, that Chicken and Bill album. Man, y'all already know. If you know about that Chicken and Bill album, you know about the Chicken and Bill album. But Ludacris on the record also, man. And I like it, bro. I really enjoy it. I enjoy most of the project. Like I said, the 2 Chains record. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Conway also got his label, too. I don't know if it's under Griselda or what, but like I, you know what I'm saying? The tree is Benny Westside Conway. Conway got drum work, and Benny got Black Mafia. Benny, folks, Black Mafia, they just dropped theirs last year. And now Conway got his featuring on his, got his uh, artist featuring on this album here. I know Jay Ski by name, but that's the only one I know of by name, but they sound all right, too, on that project. Uh, speaking of 2 chains, I meant to uh, say... That last two chain album still going for me. That uh, he on the cover as a kid with the two chain. I forgot the name of the album, but that's still in rotation. He been killing his features. He been featuring with Griselda. He, he was on Benny plus I met too, and now he on Conway's project. And supposedly him and uh, producer Status Selector. I talked about him a couple weeks ago. They supposedly had like a whole project like ready. Or been working on for like five years. Like I remember watching that video, uh, smoke smoke break, two chain smoke break, produced by Static. I remember watching that video like when I was still in my apartment in Troy, and that was twenty sixteen. So that was about five years ago now. You know, so I remember seeing that video. Ever since then, they've been saying they had a project. So I'm guessing like two chains been with them out and about and whatnot. So I guess two chain Static Selector could be coming soon. But back to this Conway project, La Machina, um, he was talking that talk, man. Like, within the first two records, he already addressed the Griselda feud, if you want to say. Like, people been trying to make it seem like Griselda been beefing with each other, whatnot. And uh, like I said, I didn't get on Griselda early, early. Like, I got on Tana Talk 3 Benny, uh, like, in November of 2018. And they already been a stat. They been had their core fan base, but... That's when I got on. That was really, I don't want to say the commercial. It wasn't commercial, but it got the pop. It gave them, like, them different looks. 
you know what I'm saying? Like people are like, oh Benny, oh this that grimy rap from back in the day, but they're talking about new designer and doing shit that's in like in tune with today. So it was that kind of good mix. So ever since then they really been popping, popping. And basically one rhyme, I'm a paraphrase of one one uh one bar he said, basically Westside of Griselda Westside is known as the creator of Griselda. Benny is the starter of Griselda. But they must not know Conway, me, I'm the one with the illest bars on Griselda. So that shit was hard. Like I was like, ah, he's talking that shit. Cause Benny just dropped plugs I met too with Harry Fraud. And like really they got my favorite song of the year. My favorite song of the year so far is Benny, Harry Fraud, Thanksgiving. That's on the project, but the project in totality, I can't say I revisit it. Like I go back to and I still play the same couple records you know what i'm saying the ones i know go so that one i had high expectations for but i don't think it really lived up to my expectation but it's still something to play if you're a benny and fraud fan you know what i'm saying but i think this conway project probably i like on the first few listens i like it more than plus i met too but the fact that conway was talking that talk early in the project he's sharpening his like his rapping ability like he was the more like, when I got on Griselda and I went back, you know, revisit some old projects, his beat selection really more grimier than Benny and Westside's, for real, in my opinion. So, he's the one who really experiments more with, like, new, not new sound, but, you know, not the grimy sound. You know, he got a beat with Murder Beats. That's the KD record, I believe, with Murder Beats. And, like I said, when Conway experiment, either I like it. Like I said, with the J.I.D. and Ludacris record, or I don't like it in case of the K.D. record. I will say that. But, like I said, Griselda just really a snowball effect. Could look like Westside Gun about to start teasing a project soon. Bodie James, he put, I don't know what Bodie James doing in Detroit. He said Alchemist be reaching out to get him right. He just need to lock in with Alchemist again, for real. Like, I think Alchemist got something coming. I think that whole, like I said, Currency. I think that core is about to drop for me personally, like what I listen to. But Drake, man, where you at? You know what I'm saying? I don't know where Drake at, but I mean, we need we need to hear something from the boy, man, ASAP. But we also had another album drop, Big Scar from Gucci New 1017. And going into it, I was like, okay, people, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, like I said, I ain't that in tune with everybody. Like, I just got to hear a full project. Like, in case of, like, Pooh Shiesty, like, okay, I see why he getting the noise he getting now because that was a dope project he dropped. So, Big Scar, everybody was like, okay, we'll go see what Scar talking about. And I, I was like, okay, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? He from Memphis, got that Memphis bounce to it. It's on the ride, too. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to sit here and, like, it, it didn't shock me like how Pooh, like, Pooh Shiesty, I didn't know what I was about to listen to for real, for real. But I was like, okay, he got a couple. I read that box of churches. That uh, ugly, that masterpiece. Who Shiesty got some? I keep in rotation, and like that uh, bit scar is something to put in. You know what I'm saying? Just to get you to point A, point B. Got a couple on there you can throw into your little playlist or whatnot. But it made me think even more. Man, I like okay, damn, another dude from Memphis. Like Memphis, we got to give Memphis they fly. I'm giving Memphis they flowers right now. Ben gave them they flowers, but podcast wise, I did it for currency before. I've been doing it for, you know what I'm saying, Griselda. I've been doing it for Kendrick, Cole, Drake, uh, Alchemist, 
you know what I'm saying? Wiz, DMX, Snoop, all the versus people I've been giving them flowers. I got to give the whole Memphis, bro. Really the whole Tennessee, because I know I'm missing some Tennessee people, but mainly Memphis, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, I always hate doing Memphis, because I know I'm going to forget somebody, but I did it to the best of my ability who I got. Uh, of course, man, 3-6, Yo Gotti, Project Pat, 8-Ball MJG, Duke Deuce, Money Bad Yo, Pooh Shiesty, Black Youngster, Young Dolph, Key Glock. Uh, I got to just break it down, man. Three Sis Mafia, DJ Paul, Lord Infamous, man. Lord, do not give the credit they deserve, bruh. The whole flow of niggas nowadays is just Lord Infamous, man. The whole production style, man, just basically niggas just looping DJ Paul. And me personally... I don't know if it is something going on, but I just need DJ Paul and Travis Scott. It's like every album Travis Scott dropped, DJ Paul suing him for sample clearance, bro. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> bro, it's like every album Travis Scott dropped. I feel like I saw a report. Three Six Mafia, DJ Paul is suing Travis Scott for sample clearance. And I'm like, fam, just reach out for the sample, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about the principle of the whole situation, man. Just call him up, man. That's who two people I need to see link up in the studio, bro. For real, for real. And I got to talk about Juicy J, man. In my opinion, one of the greatest combats. Like my boy AJ said, one of the greatest combats ever, man. I don't feel like Juicy J was ever like, he was Juicy J. You know what I'm saying? At the time. But when he got with Wiz, with the whole zip in the double cup, bands that make a dance, the whole trippy, we trippy, man. Like that was my college Years, bro. That whole we trippy man, that shit. <laughs> that was really my entire college, man. Like that Taylor Alderdice, Blue Dream and Lean, like that Stay Trippy, Juicy J. That was an era, man. That's one of my favorite. Like that's when I was growing up, technically. You know what I'm saying? In college, that was the soundtrack for real, man. So, gotta salute Three Six Project Pat, man. Mister Don't Play, one of the greatest albums ever. I got a call from a dog. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Chicken head. We can get gangster. The life we live. Come on, man. We got to give Memphis Day credit, man. Eight ball MJG. Space age, space age pimping, man. Coming out hard. Come on, man. Reading Rick Ross' book, man, made me really dig deeper in the eight ball MJG, man. Because he shouted him out numerous times in his book, Rick Ross, about... 8-Ball MJG, man. When I went through that whole just listening to 8-Ball, I was like, man, give Memphis they flowers. Yo got it, man. It been a long time coming and a lot of dope running. Hustling, trying to dodge the cases. It's your boy. Bro, you play that shit in the Civic Center, man, during a concert, the building will erupt. <laughs> Bro, the building, you play this at any part of the Prince Hall, Fucking in Troy, anywhere I've been, and I heard this record within the right environment, wherever building we was in, erupted, man. Like, I see people talk about Meat Meal, Intro, Dreams and Nightmares. At one point, I did. I enjoyed it. But as the years went, it's getting more to, like swag surfing. I cannot stand hearing swag surfing, man. And I'm getting like that for Dreams and Nightmares. I was like that before he said the shit about COVID, but now, nah, I just ain't rocking with Mika at all, so... It's that out. I don't know what you want to call it, because I don't know if it's an intro or not on that Yo Gotti album, but yeah, that song, 
Hustle trying to dodge the K. It's your boy, O'Connor. Boy, that shit, that shit would erupt, man. So, got to shout out Gotti. He done built his own team, CMG, Moneybag Yo, Black Youngster. You know what I'm saying? I think they got Black uh, Block Boy JB, the whole shoot, shoot dude. So, they he got a little squad. They going. Like I said, Moneybag. Moneybag just grew really from... We really saw Moneybag come up from the Chitlin Circuit in Columbus, what they did. Like, I didn't go that night, but, well, technically Moneybag didn't go that night neither. But Columbus been rocking with Moneybag heavy from a, for a good little minute. And Youngster, for real, for real. So, it was dope to see they come up. Young Dolph, man. Y'all already know how I feel about Dolph, man. Paper out. I watched that documentary on YouTube. DJ Screen said Dolph made it known. Every time he came to Atlanta. Man, I'm from Memphis, man. I ain't one of these dudes coming to Atlanta then gonna start claiming Atlanta, man. I'm letting it be known. I'm from Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Gucci took him in. Brit Factory era. Oh, man. What, what? Felix Brothers? Come on, man. Come on. He got his. He got his uh, paper route. Key Glock. Key Glock, he grew on me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he came out. I thought he was like, kind of like uh, too much doll sounding for me at first. Then I was like, bruh. Tyler, you act like a 30-year-old. Come on. It was like I was still like 24. I was like, let me give Glock a try. That first one, that Glock Bond, when he like 007 on the cover, that's the one that got me on. I think I like the one with the yellow cover. I like I like the, uh, what it called, Glock Coma. <laughs> and I like Glock too, man, because he, he don't do features for real. So I like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming in on my project. Y'all just going to hear me. Cause you know what I'm saying? They want to say Future did it for those three uh, mixtapes. Uh, Monster, 56 Nights, and Beast Mode. But he had Juvenile on the record, on Beast Mode. He had Wayne on the record, on Monster. And I think that was the only two. Then the Drake uh, feature came on the album, Dirty Sprite 2. So people want to say Future did that with no features, but bro, he had Juvenile, Young Scooter. He had Young Scooter on the record. So yeah, he didn't. He did it with features, man. But Glock don't have no features. <laughs> Glock is just Glock in the beat, bro. So I gotta respect that, man. Uh, but all around, oh, it, like I said, the whole Memphis as a whole, uh, got it and Dolph beef. It didn't stop no growth. Like it took a minute because they had to get their labels together. But both they all they artists still getting their own lane. And of course, social media got a lot to do with it now. But Unlike in New York when 50 and Ja Rule, like I watch podcasts and different interviews where they say, bro, when 50 and Ja Rule were beefing, that ruined New York rap for a long time. And down here, we ain't know nothing about that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I knew they was beefing, but I was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking New York still doing New York. They had Rockefeller, but, you know, that's all I knew at the time. I was still, you know, crunk juice. You know what I'm saying? That what we was on. But they said, yeah, you go back and look. Look at New York music after that for a long time, man. You know what I'm saying? Consistently. I was like, whoa. You know, the South, when the South kicked in the dough, we kicked in the dough. That one giving Memphis, they shine right now, man. Because, yo, Atlanta been doing their thing. Florida been doing their thing. Texas been doing their thing. But at the same time, man, Mississippi been doing their thing. Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Carolinas. Feel me? So, it's not just Virginia. If you want to count Virginia with Pharrell and all them. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had early, mid-2000s, we had the Houston-Memphis connect when 3-6 would link up with UGK, Lil Flip, and all that. And now, it's like the Memphis-Atlanta with Gucci and Dolph. You know what I'm saying? Pooh Shiesty, Gucci, 
So it's just dope, man. You gotta give Memphis they flowers. Some you gotta give Memphis they flowers, man. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? I know it took me a minute to say it publicly, but it's been a heavy topic. I've been posting on my Twitter like, bro, we gotta give Memphis they flowers, man. And this is my time to get Memphis they flowers. So salute all the Memphis. They still growing, bro. You know what I'm saying? It just like Pushaisha said, man. It was a time where in Memphis he said if you wasn't signed to uh, Gotti. Or a dog, if you wasn't going to pop. And Pushaisha, he said, in my mind, I was thinking, well, why can't it be, you know what I'm saying, my my label? So, uh, he was like, you know, Gucci just hit him up fast for it. Gucci hit him up and all that. But that he said that how it is now in Memphis. Like, if you ain't got it or with Dolph, you ain't going to get no traction, man. So, we'll see going forward. But I know from what I remember, mid-2000, whenever Three Sisters Mafia came on the scene, tear the club up. When I got introduced to him, tear the club up. Sipping on some scissor, gotta stay high, you know, shit like that. Late night tilt, you know what I'm saying? So, gotta salute Memphis, man. Gotta salute them. I'm I'm so happy to be from the South, man. It is Alabama, but, you know what I'm saying? Southern hospitality, man. Yo, a new week, new playlist, Stash House playlist number 24 is now available. A few records I've been having in rotation throughout the week. Make sure you guys check it out. Yeah, and uh, I also want to say Bruno Mars, Anderson Park, Silk Sonic. I ain't forgot about y'all. Where the album at, man? I thought this album was coming mid March or something like that, man. Where the album at, bro? We liked it. We enjoyed the the single. We enjoyed the Grammy performance. But Silk Sonic, where y'all at, man? Come on now. I ain't forgot about y'all. Where the album at? All right. So Sunday night, man. Sunday night, I watched. The Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary, it was A&E with, I think, uh, First 48 and all that come on. And I believe WWE and A, uh, not about to say AEW, damn. A&E, <laughs> A&E are like Lincoln, I think they said they all owned by the same people, basically. Uh, Television-wise, USA, A&E, that's what I heard. So they got content now on A&E, and last night was the first... I call it documentary, about two hours from 8 to 10. Documentary, I'm guessing they're doing um, wrestlers from different eras. I'm guessing, I'm guessing more of the 90s era. And uh, the first one was Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. My personal favorite wrestler of all time. Not just in-ring ability, but just what he brought to the game, man. Those promos, him, Stone Cold, Stunner, investment, man. The middle finger, Austin 316, the merchandise. I had several of the big toys of Stone Cold. Just that look, and like I said, I was I was deep deep in the wrestling back then. So to see a guy like Stone Cold here, and then on WCW, uh, you got Goldberg. They kind of got like the same attire, the bald head, the goatee. Even though looking back, Goldberg had no damn business in wrestling, but that's a story for another day. But Stone Cold was my favorite growing up. Uh, it's like Stone Cold in the nineties, uh, early two thousands. Then as soon as he retired, technically after that match with The Rock, it was like teetering. Then I got hooked on the AJ Styles and 04. And now I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I, really don't, I like look, I like Randy Orton, AJ Styles still going. But Stone Cold my favorite, you know what I'm saying? So I had to tune in. And being a fan of him, like I knew certain things going on on TV. 
Like on TV, he was with the invasion and all, you know what I'm saying? That part where it was like he was looking weird being with the invasion. Like, is something going on behind? Like, I always thought, I was like, was something going on behind the scenes? Why he was with, he was like the top WWE guy. Why is he going to the WCW? Which that storyline, looking back, is horrible. If you watch it on YouTube, that's a horrible storyline. We thought that was the greatest shit ever, the invasion. Not knowing, you know, where the hell Sting at? What Goldberg at? What WCW at? I don't know. I don't see no damn Billy Kidman versus, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. But that's on the wrestling tangent. But so I was going into it. I didn't know much, and I didn't know how deep that was going to go. So I was watching it. It was pretty cool to get got into his brothers, his brother and his sister's. They uh talked, they showed them on screen. That was my first time seeing them ever. Of course, I knew where he was living at. You know, I got him on Instagram and everything. He got his own beer. I, I would love to find that beer somewhere or order that beer Stone Cold. So, you know what I'm saying? That'd be a dope birthday gift. You know what I'm saying? Just throwing that out there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they went through his career, of course, you know what I'm saying? ECW, WCW, the early ages of his career. And they really didn't get to his personal, personal. Of course, they went, you know, high school football. They had to reiterate that he didn't even drink back then in high school because, like, now he just, you know, stone cold. He don't care. And they, they had to keep on saying, like, yeah, he didn't even drink in high school. So they had to do that. And uh, they went through, you know what I'm saying, his uh, turmoils with this, you know what I'm saying, his come up in the wrestling industry and all that. But to me, it got very interesting that last 30 minutes, probably hour 30 minutes when it got into – you know, every that scene where they replay when he got knocked on his uh, neck by Owen Hart. I think it was a SummerSlam. Oh, excuse me, SummerSlam. And I remember them saying he had a messed up neck. And I remember it was like they were saying it's the power driver by Owen Hart. But I think that was my first time actually seeing it. Like I had the WWE Network, but the way the network works, it's like you you watch what you watch, but. I don't remember seeing it like that. I think I remember seeing like the picture, but I don't remember seeing the actual footage of him being dropped on his head. Then I saw it last night, and I was like, whoa. And they were like showing how he was basically standing up without even feeling his legs, and Stone Cold was. He was standing up without even feeling his legs. You could see he he just dragging, you know what I'm saying, on the mat. He can't even use his his palms for his hands to get up. He walk, He crawling with his forearms, damn it, his elbows, you know what I'm saying, showing him backstage, he just zoned out, and then the, the uh, he said the doctor was like, yeah, we can, we can heal it, but you may not be able to wrestle again, he said that incident, him and Owen Hart, with him being dropped on his head with his neck and everything, he said that was one, he said one percent luck, dang, I forgot the quote, uh, he said, well, one, I think he said 1% luck, 99% something else. I think I forgot that quote. But basically, he was lucky to be able to still wrestle. You know what I'm saying? Even, you know what I'm saying, nonetheless, not be paralyzed. So that was dope to see. He got into his daughters, which I didn't even know Stone Cold had daughters. Don't Like I said, the only thing I knew about Stone Cold, for real, for real, was on air. You know what I'm saying? Other than different interviews here and there. But he was like, yo... Me, my, me and my daughters, we still learning about each other because I wasn't at home back then. And that's the thing. I always just got to salute the entire wrestling industry, not just you know, WWE, just the independents, everybody, man. Especially for the main, you know what I'm saying, the heavyweight WWE. Being on the road 300 plus days out the year 
it's 365 days in a year. You know what I'm saying? Being on the road for over 300, man, Stone Cold said it would be, he real deal, went to the hospital, saw his daughter be born, changed the first diaper, and hit back, hit the road back to uh, Pittsburgh for a show. You know what I'm saying? He said he'll see his daughters those two days he come home when they in the areas, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's got to be, you know what I'm saying? Now with Instagram, is more open to the public that, you know what I'm saying, different wrestlers date each other, some married, got kids. You know what I'm saying? Like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, you know what I'm saying? Like we know of, you know what I'm saying, basically through Instagram. But back then, I thought, I think in real life his girlfriend was the Deborah chick. I think on screen, I think I remember hearing that. But I didn't know he had two daughters. He said, yeah, I'm still building a relationship with my two daughters, whatnot, whatnot. He talked about basically how he big bro, The Rock. I always wondered how that came about. I thought that was just basic common sense, like The Rock was The Rock. But he wasn't there yet. And Stone Cold was the one that was like, okay, who can I go with for six months to lead to a huge match with? And it was The Rock. Me personally... Of course, you had The Undertaker in the midst. Triple H wasn't Triple H at the time. But a what if? I wonder how The Rock career would have panned out fully. One, if Bret Hart didn't leave. It's just situations in wrestling. Like, those, this is one of the biggest what ifs in wrestling I got. What will The Rock be at right now? The Rock down there can run for president right now. So that's why I'm saying this. The Rock can down there run for president right now. What had uh how would the rock career have ended if one Burhart didn't leave for WCW if he would have just resigned? Not no uh Montreal screw job, none of that, he just would have stayed. Me personally, I got Burhart DVDs. I watch a couple of classic pay-per-view reviews of Burhart. Burhart was the cool guy back then, also, but I was shot to my boy Price Battle. It was two cool dudes of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, the wrestler, Shawn Michaels, the more high flyer in that era, definitely. Reason why I like AJ Styles and all that. So I was more of a Shawn Michaels type of kid, but I do knew Bret Hart was the guy also. I was little, little at this time. This is like 97, so I was probably four years old when the Montreal Screwjob happened. But um, So I say, one, if Bret Hart didn't leave, how would the Rock career panned out? And two, where does Shawn Michaels back then uh, mess up? So two of the biggest stars, that's why this Stone Cold story was so dope. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, they was gone, man. Like, Shawn Michaels was there, but he wasn't there. Like, of course, uh, Stone Cold beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania to really the Austin era has begun, the words of Jim Ross. You know what I'm saying? So he was there then with Mike Tyson and all that. But Sean was out of it, man. That's who I want to see a biography about on A&E. Sean Michael should have been next. Next Sunday, they have Ryder Ryder Piper. I'm ready for the Sean. Give me Sean Michael's dark side of the ring or something. You know what I'm saying? He, he was on the Montreal screw job, but that's about that. I want one. It could be just any random night within the at, within that time period for uh, Sean Michael. It don't got to be no career base. Just give me one night of what happened on just one, any given night with Sean Michaels back then, man. Like my boy Jake said, of course, you can go a whole week about the Burt Hart, Shawn Michaels beef. I'm talking about before all that, when they was really just great in-ring opponents to each other, mutual respect, to where it got like jealousy, if you really want to say, Burt Hart or Shawn Michaels, to how he lost the belt to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, what was said in the ring during then, 
all that after that with Bret Hart getting booed in Canada. And it was just crazy. And Shawn Michaels, uh, Montreal Screwjob, after the Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart leaving for WCW. Couldn't even wrestle for six months because he was hurt. By the time he got in the ring, it was WCW was on the decline. And then Goldberg had gave a concussion. So his career was over with. So just a lot of what ifs with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels pertaining to The Rock. That was my biggest what ifs ever in wrestling. That's one of them. Probably the top one. I got several that we can get into, but that's the topic for another day. But Stone Cold, man, uh, I forgot where I was with the documentary. Uh, yeah, he basically bit bro The Rock, man. Like The Rock was like, yeah, he picked me. It was like, okay, I can go with you. And, of course, I think they had two or three bouts at WrestleMania. And that last one was technically Stone Cold's last match. Um, what a career, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he did his time because – after that WrestleMania, that's when the uh, really the ruthless aggression era really started with Randy Orton, Batista, Evolution, Cena was in the midst, Brock Lesnar. So it was a good time for Austin to go away, and of course the Rock was already out. He, he was just he was really part time in it then for real, for real. He was already doing movies, so that was a dope time for both of them to go, man. Um, and like I said, I guess A and E and WWE have a a thing on on Sundays, they had the biography from 8 to 10. And after that, they had a show where, like, different possessions are gone missing, like Kane, Mask, Mankind, First Shirt, The Undertaker, Earn. It's like real deal dudes who work for WWE who, like, keep collections of stuff, like, make sure they still with the company. Like, different belts and all that. So, I'm had to watch it, but come on at 10, I'll be in bed, so I'm going to see I'm going to finesse that. But it seemed like a dope show, man. You know what I'm saying? So, salute that Stone Cold. I was posting about it on Twitter. I was doing my little live tweet. You know, that's very, very rare for me. You know what I'm saying? Shared it on all my social medias, man. Y'all know I was locked in. I'm a wrestling fan, man. May, may not be the actual wrestlers, but behind the scenes and all that, man, you got me with that. I still can't wait to that dark side of the ring. And... By this time next week, snowfall season will be over, so I'm going to give a recap of that season finale. I know it's going to be a cliffhanger, so I'm just, if y'all don't know by now, they're going to be a cliffhanger someday. Well, uh, I don't know what's about to happen. Alton, I thought he would have went to Cuba by now. Um, the whole, it went down last episode with Man Boy, you know what I'm saying, Scully Girl and all that. Uh, Unk, man. <laughs> Unk ain't playing. Uncle Franklin ain't playing. Leon. I don't know about Leon, man. Leon, I'm going to see next season. You know what I'm saying? Season five already been renewed. So, we got to see how Leon react to everything, man. He looking a little shook up to me still, especially when old girl got shot. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking out for those two girls, too, the two dancers. Them two and Wanda. I'm looking after them. Because I feel like season five, man, the way they – I don't know if season five done. I, I saw a video of the, of the guy who played Franklin on Twitter. It was recent, and he was like, yeah, after this season, y'all not going to compare us to anybody. Basically, a shot at power and everything. But I was like, okay, this season over with. And to me, they still in that, like, they still in that era with power, the early power seasons for me. But I, like, I wasn't mad the way power ended. Like I said, I, I binge watched it. I didn't watch it while it was going. But as of now, it's like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? We've we been seeing Tommy and Ghost kill. You know what I'm saying? So, 
we'll see how season five go, but I'm definitely invested in it, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know I've been tuned in every week, so season finale of Pop, not Pop, damn, season finale of Snowfall this Thursday, man. Well, this Wednesday, I watch it on Thursdays on Hulu, so y'all know that, though. Y'all know what I mean. New new uh, Snowfall season finale this week. Damn it. <laughs> Yo, I want to appreciate y'all for tuning in. This has been episode 120 of Stash House Podcast. Make sure you guys go out. Have a great week. Enjoy yourself, man. Be safe. Drink some water. Catch y'all here same time next week. Keep me in your prayers. I do the same for y'all. Salute.